Our second scripture reading this morning comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 24 to 30. You can follow along in your pew Bible or up on the screen. Listen for God's word to you today. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. The slaves said to him, Then what do you want us to go? Then do you want us to go and gather them? He replied, No, for in gathering the weeds, you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, Collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So good morning once again to all of you here today, those watching at home online on Facebook Live and YouTube, and also those listening later to our sermon podcast. We're in a sermon series this fall, which we started just last week, about the kingdom of God. We're focusing on what is the kingdom of God like? Uh, what does it mean to be in the kingdom of God, and how can we live as kingdom people? So today I want to suggest for a, that for most of us, when we think about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, and those two terms are used pretty interchangeably in the Gospels, when we think about the kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven, we might picture a snow globe. Remember a snow globe? You know, having one of those here, I'll show you one of those. Oh, it's lovely. Maybe you're like my family, uh, where you have some of these packed away and you bring them out every year at Christmas time, put them on the, uh, the, side, the side tables. And the thing about snow globes, as, especially the one here, is that the picture they present is an idealized, perfect picture. Everything is just right. Nothing goes wrong. Nobody acts badly. Everything looks great. It's just snowing, lovely white snow. And we might think, we might start to think that the kingdom of God, when you hear that term, the kingdom of God is kind of like a snow globe. Finally, a place where everyone is good, just like they should be, where they do and, write and think about and act on the right things only. People wearing top hats, you know, on um, frozen lakes in ye olde England, or the skyline of your favorite city with snow falling down. It's a picture of perfection. But it turns out that according to Jesus, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, is not like a snow globe. He gives us a different image. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who goes out to sow good seed in his field. But then while he was asleep, an enemy came along and went sowing bad seed, seeds of weeds among the good wheat. And then when these two plants start to grow up together, the workers notice they say, wait a minute, this was supposed to be a field only full of good wheat. But we're seeing that there are weeds mixed in among the wheat. Now, you're getting a little um, worried because I'm like saying it like this. Like, now out here, <laughs> there's some good seed and some weeds mixed together. And so, and so this comes as kind of a surprise to them. This comes as a surprise to those workers in the field. And maybe it comes as a surprise to us a little bit, too especially here in the church, because this is the place where we experience the kingdom of God. It's, we're not the kingdom, but we experience the kingdom here, the church. 
So we come to be part of our church community, and we might think, well, now we get to enter a snow globe. Finally, the place where only the good, righteous, decent, moral people are, but according to Jesus, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, there are weeds and wheat, and it's all mixed together in the same field. That's true in the kingdom. That's true in the church. That's true for us. Somebody said that a parable can be described using four words. Little story, big truth. A parable. Little story, big truth. So this is what a parable is. It's a little story, just a slice of life or an image from our everyday world. But these little stories that Jesus tells have a big truth inside of them. And the big truth for us today is that in God's kingdom and here in the church, which is part of God's kingdom, there is good and bad, wheat and weeds, both present and kind of mixed up together. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but that's what Jesus says. So one response to this reality that Jesus is describing is to do what the workers in the story kind of want to do tear out the weeds, right? That can be our instinct. Let's tear out the weeds to clear-cut all the bad, to purify and sanitize. That could be our instinct. But then, if we pay attention to history, especially church history, we'll notice what happens when the churches have done that in the past. The Crusades in the Holy Land, the Inquisition in Europe, the witch trials in our own country, the list could go on and on. There have been many attempts to purify the kingdom of God, to, to make the, the, the church or the kingdom sanitized and safe for all us good folks, but it always turns into a mess. It always turns out badly. It does more harm than good. And that's what Jesus is saying to us in this parable today. He tells the workers who are so eager to pull out the weeds, he says, you need to wait. Wait, he says. If you pull out the weeds now, you'll also accidentally, inadvertently pull up a bunch of good wheat with it. You can't tell the difference between the weeds and the wheat just yet. You think you can, but you can't, says Jesus. One Presbyterian minister named Kathy Burkholder puts it this way. She says, we have been people who are eager to weed, but God asks us to wait. We have been people who are eager to weed. Get it out. But God asks us to wait. In this Bible passage, the weeds that they're talking about are a kind of ryegrass that mimics wheat. It looks like wheat. So they're very similar. Um, and, and I'm going to say this because some of you here are gardeners, and I see some gardeners here among us. And you gardeners might say, well, wait a minute. I have a garden in my backyard, and if I see weeds, I go and pull them out, right? That's, that, and that's, that's very good. But in this story that Jesus tells, the particular weeds he's talking about, they look like wheat. So both plants look very similar until they mature, until they grow up. And so there's wisdom in waiting. You don't want to pull out the good with the bad. And I'm talking about this for us today in, in our church because I think that sometimes if we think we live in a snow globe, we're actually living in this field that Jesus is describing. So we need to see ourselves well. We're not in a snow globe. We're in this field. And in the field, in God's kingdom, where there's both weeds and wheat, we need to be honest that sometimes there's some weediness in us, some weediness in our own hearts and lives, some weediness that needs to shrink back. And we also have some wheat that needs to grow and flourish. 
So one thing to notice about Jesus in his life and ministry is that he hangs around with weedy people. Jesus does not live in a snow globe. Amen. I mean, Jesus does not. There wasn't even, I don't know if there was snow. There was no skiing. Um, Jesus is describing the world that he knew it, and it's our world as well. He hung out with weedy people in the company of those considered outcasts or marginalized or not a very good Presbyterian, and that's where he spent his time and attention. So we have to be careful, we who are following Jesus, not to get into the trap or the game of judging others, thinking of others as those weeds. The teaching says withhold judgment because we need to listen and learn first. Wait. Last Sunday night, or last Wednesday night on our Zoom call, our church Zoom, our guest was Gina Bomarito, who is an uh, OR nurse, uh, nurse manager at Valley Med. And uh, we were talking about COVID. And in the conversation, somebody asked a really good question. They said, because she works with um, hospitals in our county and, and is kind of giving us a COVID update. We said, what, what advice would you give us for a family member or a friend or somebody we care about who has not gotten the vaccine and is sort of saying that we shouldn't get it and sort of has this really different view about it? And that's a big topic right now. That's a big topic. And just to be clear, for our church, we have certainly encouraged people to get the vaccine, if, on, if not only for yourself, but also for the good of those others around us who are the least or the last, the smallest, the oldest, the most vulnerable. That's, the, that's that, what Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. That's what we seek to do. That's how we have kind of framed that, um, that question. But on this call, stay with me, on that call on Wednesday night, Gina did not give us a strategy for how to teach these people, tell these people the right thing, point them to the right data set so they would change their mind. What she said was, for those who are kind of cautious about it, listen to them. She said, listen to them. Listen to someone who has a different perspective. And as you do, what you'll listen for, what you might hear, is what they're really worried about or afraid of or wrestling with. Ask questions. Questions not to trap them or trick them, but to open up the conversation a little more, to extend the conversation. And as you ask questions and listen, you show them care and respect. And there's a possibility that something could change. It may be that that person that you talk to, and I'm, who you're speaking to, will themselves investigate further about this question of the vaccine. That could be the outcome. But also, you yourself will be changed in that conversation, in that approach. You will be less certain that somebody else is a weed. You might gain hope that there's more to them than you knew as you listen and talk. So this is just one example from our current um, times, but I think it's a big deal because I think we live in times that are full of judgment. I think we live in times that are full of judgment. Um, this parable about Jesus is clearly about not judging others as weeds or wheat. Um, and as kingdom people, we're being taught not to spend our time that way. But it's hard because we're in a time when judgment comes easy. Plus, it feels so good, you know? Uh, I already gave the example around vaccines, but we could add a lot of other things that are under judgment these days. We could add to the list mask wearing, political parties, um, parenting choices, travel plans, personal health, fitness, weight, body image, sexual identity, job status, marital status, age range, are you a millennial or a boomer, um, and so on. But here's the thing, no one of us, no, none of us can really uh, be that good at judging others. We're not that good at it. I think that's part of the point of Jesus' parable. 
We think we can see clearly. We can see the weeds and the wheat. And he's saying, you really can't. You can't see into somebody's life, into their heart. You don't know their fullness the way that God does. So don't be the one who's going to judge them. Don't be the one who's trying to pull out the weeds, but you're accidentally pulling the wheat. I saw this, this, this um, thing on the internet the other, the other week, and I wanted to show it to you. I thought it was kind of um, fun. It's kind of like a decision tree, you know those decision trees? And so I recreated it. I think that's actually, I drew that, yes. Um, here it is. Here's how it goes. Someone does something, whatever it is, and you hear about it. Um, and the first question is, are they on our side? Are they on our team? Are they with us? Are they in our tribe? And if they are, then yeah, it's fine. That's fine. That's good. That's no problem, right? Are they on our side? And then the second one is, well, are they on our side? No, they're not. Um, they're on the other team, the other side. The people we didn't like anyway, uh, well, then we hate it. We're against it. We don't like it. I wonder, just as you think about this, do you operate that way a little bit? You hear the news. Here's what somebody did. Are they on our side? Oh, that's probably okay. Are they on the other side? Oh, we hate it. We operate that way. We make judgments very quickly in that, in that um, sphere. I'm suggesting that Jesus is teaching us not to judge because we're naturally so bad at it. We have our own biases. We have our own filters. We have our cultural lenses that we look through. Sometimes we know we have those lenses on. Sometimes we're wholly unaware Without meaning to, without thinking about it too much, we take on the role of judgment that's reserved for God alone. And this teaching is a reminder to us to have patience, to hold off on judgment, and to use discernment instead. I like the way that Will Willimon puts it. He's a, a Methodist preacher and a bishop. He says this, Just when we think we get things sorted out, weed from wheat, sheep from goats, saved from damned, hopeless from hopeful, somebody makes a move gets out of focus, cuts loose, somebody changes. We believe in a gospel of redemption. We believe in a gospel of hope. We believe in a gospel of grace. This parable of the kingdom is ultimately a parable of grace because it shows, it, it shows us that sometimes there's someone we don't think quite fits in the kingdom. What are they doing in my snow globe? And then we want to judge them or cast them out or root them out. But when we wait and watch God to work, God to be the one who's working their life. That's the grace. Not our work, God's work. You never know how it could turn out. You never know. Each of us has some weeding to do in our own lives. Each of us has weeding to do in our own lives. I suspect, as you've heard this sermon so far, you're not just thinking about maybe judging someone else, but maybe, if you're honest and if you're open, you could also look into your own heart or mind and say, Where, where's the weeding I need to do on myself before I apply it to someone else? The good news here is not just for others. It is for us too. God's redemptive work is happening in our lives. So we are more patient than just the, um, the horizon of the next news cycle or just how somebody acted this week or just how something feels or seems in this very moment. The landowner in this story is patient. He waits to see how things will turn out with these weeds and, these, and this wheat. There's a New Testament letter called 2 Peter, and uh, this is what it says. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some think about slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, 
but all to come to repentance. The Lord is not slow, but is patient, not wanting any to perish. That's God's good purpose and the work in our lives. It's an ongoing work. Why short-circuit it by pulling somebody out before the time is right? So this is a teaching about God's grace, and I want to leave you with just a few um, questions for your week as you reflect on it. First, who are you kind of judgmental towards? Who is that person, that group of people? Who do you naturally kind of see as a bit of a weed? And would you be more patient with them this week? Would you turn again to listen or learn or wait? Second, what's the area of weediness in your own life? Would you turn it over to God today before you weed someone else's field, maybe weed your own? And then third, finally, what is the area of wheat in your life? What are you good at? What are God's good gifts to you? How can you tend to those, nurture those, and let those grow this week? God's kingdom is not a snow globe. It is a field that is mixed with wheat and weeds. God's patience and mercy and love are here for us. And as God's people, we are called to show patience and mercy and love in Jesus' name. Amen.